Welcome to Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association's podcast. In Mark 16, 15, Jesus says, Go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel to every person. This good news sermon was given in the Great Auditorium in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Visit OceanGrove.org to learn how we're fulfilling our mission to provide people of all ages with opportunities for spiritual birth, growth, and renewal through worship, educational, cultural, and recreational programs at the Jersey Shore. The Gospel reading this morning comes from Matthew chapter 17, verses 14 through 21. When they came to the crowd, a man came to him, knelt before him, and said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is epileptic, and he suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to your disciples, and they could not cure him. Jesus answered, You faithfulness and perverse generation, how much longer must I be with you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was cured instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? He said to them, Because of your little faith, for truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible with you. So ends the reading. This is the word of God for the people of God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. If you remember the last time that I was here talking to you about prayer, I talked to you about the pattern of using acts as a way to pray. A for adoration, C for confession, T for thanks, and S for supplication, praying for others. This time I would like to present to you a model of prayer that the Lord taught us to pray by, which is known as the Lord's Prayer. And I'll loosely follow that pattern as we go through the prayer this morning. Will you please pray with me? I will enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Father, you alone are worthy of our praise. You, you are the creator. You are the sustainer. You are the one that gives us life and strength. You make us lights in this world of darkness. You told us to put ourselves on a hill and shine for you. Lord, we want our light to shine for you. We pray that through us, you will make your light known to others. Your gospel truth of Christ dying on the cross not in a restrictive way, not a way that only some would come to him, but you said that you came that all might know you. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come here on earth and you would use us to do it. We pray, Lord, that you would give us our daily bread, what we need in order to get your work done, that you would help us to be mindful of your ways, that we would be the light in this world, shining in the darkness. 
that we would be for you, Lord, the ones that draw people to you, that you would use us. And Lord, we pray for those around us that have many burdens, and we too have burdens as well, Lord. You said that we should let you know about our needs, and we take a moment here to bring them before you and the needs of others around us. Lord, we pray that you would lead us not into temptation, but that you would deliver us from the evil all around us, that you would help us, Lord, to be agents, to be ambassadors, to be people that live lives for you that others might see and follow after you. Lord, we thank you that you alone have the power and the glory that you alone, Lord, are ruler over all. Father, we pray for the people that lead this nation. We thank you, Lord, that we have Barry Black here with us this morning to give us your message, and we pray, Lord, that you would fill him and us with your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us this morning. Lord, we know that he is a light in the capital for you, a light in this country for you. We pray that you would help us to be the same. We pray for the leaders of this nation, from the top to the bottom, to local, to regional, to our state, to our country, and also for global leaders, Lord, that they would look to you for guidance. Lord, we know that you alone are king over all, and you guide nations in your way, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, we pray for those that do service in the public realm. We pray for the military. We pray for the police and the fire. Lord, we pray that you would be with them, guiding them, protecting them, and holding them fast to you. We pray for the many chaplains, Lord, that they would have the time to reach out to those that are hurting, to those that need your guidance that those that have a need for you would be filled. Father, we thank you for this place and the many leaders that have caused this place, Ocean Grove, to come into being. We pray that you'll help those of us that maintain a resolve to follow after you as the main focus of this place, Lord. We pray that we will keep our eyes on you, that we will do your will here as trustees as staff members, as volunteers, that others would come to know you in this place. And Father, we remember that Jesus on this face of this earth gave us a model for prayer, and we bring this to you this morning, following his method, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Are you ready to worship? Let's, let's hear that again. Are you ready to worship? Yes. All right. Well, praise God. We are here to praise God. On behalf 
of the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association Board of Trustees, welcome to the great auditorium. It's an especial welcome to anybody who is here for the first time. Feel your new home. The Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association welcomes Admiral, Chaplain, Barry Black back to the great auditorium pulpit. Chaplain Black was elected the 62nd Chaplain of the United States Senate in 2003. Prior to his coming to Capitol Hill, Chaplain Black served as in the U.S. Navy for over 27 years, ending his distinguished career as the Chief of Navy Chaplains. Chaplain Black is a native of Baltimore, Maryland, and an alumnus of Oakwood College, Andrews University, North Carolina Central University, Eastern Baptist Seminary, Saba Regina University, and the United States International University. In addition to earning Masters of Arts degrees in Divinity, Counseling, and Management, he has received a doctorate degree in Ministry and a doctorate of Philosophy degree in Psychology. You may have seen Chaplain Black recently on the television. He provided the benediction in the rotunda for Senator McCain just a couple days ago. He has brought just an amazing heart of God to our Senate, to our place of government. He's been a uniter, particularly uniting people in prayer and uniting them under the power of the Savior. Chaplain Black is married to the former Brenda Pearsall of St. Petersburg, Florida. They have three sons, Barry II, Brendan, and Bradford. Please be attentive to God's word as it is presented to us by Chaplain Black. Now please join me in an offertory prayer. Heavenly Father, we live in a needy time. We live in a time where wars are waged on battlefields, wars are waged online, crossed words and are take place across dinner tables. And Lord, we know you are a God of peace. And through the Prince of Peace, through Jesus Christ, you offer us every good blessing. Lord, we're hungry for you. We're needy for you. We need your Holy Spirit to blow through this place and to set our hearts on fire that through the power of this Holy Spirit, we would remember the teachings of Christ. We would offer the grace that comes through Christ's death and resurrection. Lord, let us be generous also in our finances that we would give back to you what is yours so that your kingdom may be complete. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If anyone can get Capitol Hill straight, I believe you guys can. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> How blessed it is to be able to again walk the pilgrim's pathway. And what a blessing it is to be in Ocean Grove. I came to Ocean Grove full of faith last evening 
But then I had to find a parking spot. <laughs> Around the 15-minute mark, I started fervent prayer. For James chapter 5 says, the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous avail much. By the 30-minute mark, I was experiencing Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's stages of grief. And I think I was at the bargaining stage. I reminded God that I was an ordained minister of the gospel. I talked to him about the sacrifices I had made on the seas and deployments all over the world. By the 45-minute mark, I must confess, Brother Henry, Brother Michael, I was moving toward agnosticism. And then I decided to do what anyone in Neptune County knows you have to do, and that is I double-parked and waited until somebody finally came to their car to pull it out. And I was prepared to fight for the spot if I had to. <laughs> Praise God. So that is an appropriate, an appropriate uh, prelude to my message, Thriving in a Lunatic World. Praise God. I got my subject when I was recently in New Haven speaking. And when I entered the auditorium, a dear sister came up to me and she said, Dr. Black, how do you manage on Capitol Hill with all of those lunatics? Well, you never know when something is being recorded, and so I responded with political correctness. Well, ma'am, I don't know that I would use such hyperbolic language. Testing, testing, testing. But. I got her point that many times it seems that we're living in a crazy world. When people use motor vehicles as weapons of mass destruction, there is something that borders on lunacy with that. When bellicose rhetoric is going back and forth, between people who have the power to eviscerate continents with nuclear weapons, there seems to be something of lunacy about that. When people of faith forget the power of the promise of Second Chronicles 7:14, if my people, not 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 everybody, not not some ethnocentric label, just my folk, called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. When's the last time you have sought the face of God with the fervency that you seek a parking spot in Ocean Grove? When's the last time you've done that? Yeah, uh, I was thinking, how long, when's the last time I prayed as long as it was to get a parking spot? Lord have mercy. Seek my face. 
turn from their wicked ways. Then, says the sovereign God of the universe, will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, and heal their land. We need healing in America today. Heal their land. That's the promise. And people of faith can make it happen. Righteousness is a national security issue. Proverbs 14.34 says, Righteousness exalts a nation. We're talking national security. Righteousness exalts a nation, but, Barry Black translation, sin is an equal opportunity destroyer. Sin does not care what your name is. Ancient Babylon, the glory of the Chaldees, excellence, went down because blasphemous Belshazzar drank wine with his courtiers and concubines and a sleeveless hand appeared in Daniel chapter 5 writing on the walls spelling out the doom of his morally corrupt regime. The Medo-Persian Empire imploded they made a law, you can only pray to the king, remember? And Daniel, in Daniel 6, went into the lion's den because of that insanity. Talking about lunacy, throwing people in fiery furnaces. Nebuchadnezzar and Nabonidus and Belshazzar. The glory that was Greece was eclipsed when the youthful monarch Alexander the Great ended his life in a stupor of drunken debauchery. The glory that was Rome was trampled to ashes and clay because of internal weaknesses and moral dry rot. Read Gibbons, The Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire. Sin is an equal opportunity destroyer. But I'm so glad that the fifth Psalm, verse 12, says the righteous are surrounded with the shield of God's favor. I'm so glad that the 84th Psalm says no good thing will God withhold from the upright. And we as people of faith have something to do with what happens to our nation that is far more significant than what we do in terms of our votes. Like Abraham interceding for Sodom and Gomorrah. We can make a difference. Remember, Abraham had negotiated God down for ten. For the sake of ten, God, will you spare Sodom and Gomorrah? Praise God. And it happened. It happened that they couldn't even find 10 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah. And you would think if Abraham was a few Bible studies here or there or something, you could at least get 10. He had his wife, he had his daughters, he had their fiancés. Let us not be guilty of being responsible for keeping 
our world secure. We are the salt of the earth, our Lord says. In Matthew 5, 13, in the days before refrigeration, salt kept meat from stinking. It held back putrefaction. We, as people of faith, connected with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, can thrive in a lunatic world. Not just survive, thrive. Because of the one who can do in our lives immeasurably, abundantly, above all that we can ask or imagine. Ephesians 3.20, because of his power working in us, do you not know, 1 Corinthians 6.19, that the Holy Spirit is living in us. Know you not that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit <laughs> who dwells in us. And greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. Beloved, demons tremble when you say Jesus Christ. That is how powerful that name is. And when the, devil, when the disciples came back in Luke chapter 10, high-fiving one another, saying to Jesus, Jesus, we got it going on, Lord, we've got it going on. Even demons are subject unto us in your name. Jesus said in Luke 10, don't marvel the demons are subject to you in my name. For I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. He knows what it is to take a whipping from me. I saw him fall like lightning from heaven. Marvel rather that your names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. And so in our scripture in Matthew chapter 17, beginning with verse 14, we find a blueprint for thriving in a lunatic world. If we can get it up on the screen there, help the chaplain out, hook a brother up. <laughs> Jesus and his disciples, you remember, were on the Mount of Transfiguration. Pop quiz here. Who were the three disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration with Jesus? Very good, very good. Even the choir members. Peter, James, and John. Now the disciples, the nine in the valley, were a little upset because Jesus seemed like he was showing favoritism to Peter, James, and John. James and John were related to him, of course. And they had, you'll recall, sent the mother to Jesus saying, let Jimmy sit on your right hand and Johnny on your left in your glory. And our blessed Lord said, you don't know what you're asking for. That kind of temporal kingdom is not going to happen. I am the suffering servant of Isaiah. And so the disciples were upset about that. They had cast out demons before, but now without the unity of heart, they were about to make an intervention. When Jesus comes down from the Mount of Transfiguration, we're going to talk to him about that. I mean, this has got to stop. <laughs> and he comes down and there's a problem in the valley for they have misrepresented him. They have made an abortive attempt 
to deal with the demonic. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for Jesus and Peter, James and John, who had just had that beatific experience with Moses and Elijah on the Mount of Transfiguration. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, oh, we got quick hands back there. Thank you very much. Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. The authorized virgin says he is demon-possessed. Beloved, never forget, there is still the presence of the demonic in our world. We've got all kinds of fancy names in clinical psychopathology, but let me tell you, I couldn't say it when I was defending my doctoral dissertation. I gave them what they wanted to hear, but I wanted to say, there's some demons up in here, but you'll flunk me in my dissertation defense, so I'm just going to tell you what you want to hear. But one of these days, when I get to Ocean Grove, I'm going to tell the truth. Somebody getting up in a hotel window and firing an automatic weapon down indiscriminately, taking lives that that individual has no ability to create, that's demon possession. Lord have mercy, seizures. Now, beloved, if you're going to thrive in a lunatic world, you need to strive to become a part of Jesus' inner circle. The nine in the valley are unable to cast out demons, but Peter, James, and John are watching our Lord interacting with two Old Testament figures. This is amazing. Elijah, who by the way was suicidal, remember when Jezebel said, dead man walking? <laughs> and Elijah started running for his life and he was under the juniper tree and looked up and said, Elizabeth? No, that's another one. No, that's, 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 get, a little confu get a little confused. That's why you shouldn't watch too much television there. Okay. That, that's Sanford and Son. No, no, no. He said, he said, Lord, he said, take my life because I'm the only one left who's serving you. Now, how do you miss, because later God corrected that cognitive dissonance and said, I have 7,000. My God, my God. When you are a legend in your own mind, you can't think straight. I'm the only one left serving you. This suicidal prophet was translated and caught up in a chariot. Moses died on Nebo, resurrected. They talked to our Lord, and Peter, James, and John are with them. They are not unsuccessful in this situation of battling the demonic. But the other disciples are. You see, there were disciples who had a greater intimacy with Jesus than others. Remember in Luke chapter 10, he sends out 70, two by two. The 70 do not have the intimacy with Jesus that the 12 have. The the, the, of the twelve, the nine of the twelve do not have the intimacy that Peter, James, and John had. They are with Jesus when he raises the daughter of Jairus. Jesus frequently took them apart in the Garden of Gethsemane. It was Peter, James, and John 
They were the ones who were with our Lord. But even the three, Peter, James, and John, two of them did not have the intimacy with Jesus that John had. Remember in the upper room? John is leaning on the chest of Jesus. Jesus says to the disciples, one of you will betray me. Think of how you would feel. Think of the trepidation that would come through your heart if your Savior said, you're going to betray me. One of you is going to betray me. The disciples no doubt knew Jeremiah 17:9. the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Lord, is it I? They said, round the table. Lord, is it I? Peter, who would deny him three times that night. Lord, is it I? Sanctified self-distrust. Judas. Lord, help us. Of all people, Judas. You know, in my neighborhood, we call that fronting. Okay, someone would say, you got to get an Ebonics dictionary in order to... Lord, is it I? He knew who it was. What are you talking about? Lord, is it I? John who had a greater intimacy, was the only one who said, Lord, who is it? In other words, I know I'm not going to do it, so which one of these other guys is going to take you out? And yet there was one who had, I'm saying, get into Jesus' inner circle. That, take, that means a, a little longer devotional time. That means taking time to be holy. That means crying out with the Apostle Paul in Philippians 3.10, that I may know him and the fellowship of his suffering. There was one who had a greater intimacy even than John. There was a woman by the name of Mary who had a pathological sexual past, who sat at the feet of Jesus, the sister of Lazarus, and when she bathed his feet with the alabaster ointment, Simon the leper who had had, had had the party and celebration of the resurrection of Lazarus from the dead said, I thought Jesus was a prophet. He can't be a prophet. If he were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him right now. And my question to you, Simon, is how do you know what kind of woman that is? Double standard. Mary's gift to our Lord. Remember, Mary, who sat at the feet, in spite of her past, she could sit at the feet of absolute purity and feel comfortable with our Savior and our friend because he came for people like Mary. And she is spending a year's wages to honor him. And Judas... <laughs> Of all the people to get up, the treasurer of the group. Judas get no, I'm not dissing treasurers now, but Judas, the treasurer of the group, gets up and says, why the waste? You know, in sanctimonious tones. This money could have been used to feed the poor. Why the waste? And our Lord doesn't, he didn't get indignant very often, but he said, leave her alone. God. Now remember the context of it. James and John in the three are jockeying for, for positions in a temporal kingdom that will never happen. And this is only days before our Lord is going to be going to die. Leave her alone. 
she has anointed my body for burial. Mary had a theological sophistication that not even Peter, James, and John had. That's why she was at the empty tomb when they were locked up behind closed doors and she was one of the first, a woman, to declare the resurrection gospel. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God because she was a part of the inner circle. If you're going to thrive in a lunatic world, stay close to Jesus. Next verse. Praise God. So I brought my sons. This is the Father talking to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Next verse. Jesus said, Now, beloved, he's talking to the disciples now. He's not talking to the multitudes. He's talking to the disciples. You faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? In other words, I'm about to leave here and I don't have a backup plan to sustain the embryonic Christian church. How long must I put up with this? And so if you're going to thrive in a lunatic world, don't grieve our Savior. We can break his heart. Ephesians 4.30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit, whereunto you are sealed unto the day of salvation. That is the Spirit of Christ who says it is expedient that I go, I, Jesus saying, I have to go away or you won't get this gift of the Holy Spirit. Don't break his heart. Don't have him saying of people of faith, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? How long must I clean up after you? Bring the boy to me. And thank, thankful to God, <laughs> that the father still had enough faith to approach Jesus after nine of his disciples had failed in their responsibility. Don't grieve the Savior. Hebrews 6, 6 says, we crucify the Son of God afresh and bring him to open shame. I don't want to do that. Here, his piteous intonations over the chosen people in Matthew 23 beginning with verse 37 O Jerusalem Jerusalem you who killed the prophets and stoned them who are sent of God how often would I have gathered your children together even as a hen gathereth of her brood but you would not behold your house is left unto you desolate don't make Jesus weep because of our indifference because of our unbelief, because of our lack of power. Bring the boy here to me. Next verse. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. We may fail. But if you're going to thrive in a lunatic world, remember that Jesus never fails. 
Beloved, remember that. I, I don't care how chaotic the world may, may seem. Remember that Jesus never fails. Hebrews 12, 2 says he is the author. I love it, I love it, I love it. And finisher of our faith. He says in John 10, 28, I've got you and no one will be able to snatch you out of my hands. And even when the 62nd chaplain of the United States Senate blows it, and the accuser of the brothers, you know who the accuser of the brothers and the sisters are, don't you? The devil reminds me, and he always he always calls me the chaplain of the Senate, and you're the 62nd chaplain. Uh, look at you. He rubs my nose in it, but when the devil reminds me of my past, I remind him of his future, and I remind him that I serve a Savior who has me in the palm of his hands. And no one will be able to snatch me out of his hands. The psalmist cried out, I would have fainted had I not believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I have a Savior who cleans up my mess. Bring the problem to me. Bring the challenge to me. Bring your failure to me. Bring your powerlessness to me. I've got it. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. I've got it, Perry. And so let the winds blow and the storms rise. Let the cataclysmic chaos surround me. All to Jesus, I surrender. All to him, I freely give. I would ever love and trust him in his presence. Daily live, I surrender all. I place my eternal future on the one who split history into B.C. before his coming and A.D. Anno Domini in the year of our Lord so that even the atheist when he talks about where we are in terms of date A.D. has to acknowledge my King, my Savior, and my Lord. And so our blessed Lord redeemed the situation he is always your backup. <laughs> he is always your backup. The Bible says the disciples got him alone. And then skip down to, yeah, afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately. You see, there's some questions you ought to ask him privately. <laughs> Don't air your dirty laundry. That type said, Jesus, we, we'll talk to you later, Lord. No, no, that's all right. No, they, no, you got work to do. You got some hands to shake. Everybody's congratulating you for, for, for healing the boy. No, 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 no. Jesus said, you got someone I can look at you. No, 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 no. We, we, we'll wait until we get you alone privately. That's why we can bring our powerlessness to Jesus. Why couldn't we, uh, uh, Lord, Lord, why couldn't we cast out that demon? We've done it in the past. You don't have enough faith. God, my God. 
Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, have, you don't have enough word in you. Because if you had enough word and I am the word made flesh, I tell you the truth. I, 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 I want to drive this home, Ocean Grove. If you had faith, even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, praise God, problems and challenges, mountainous in proportion, move from here to there, and it would move, and nothing would be impossible for you and me. Beloved, you and I can thrive in a lunatic world more this afternoon. God bless you. Let's give God a hand praise for that wonderful rendition. I always feel I'm a great singer when I have a choir backing me up like that. I want, before I pray the benediction, to extend an opportunity to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. To do that, it is the greatest decision that you will ever make. He became my Savior when I was only 10 years old and it changed the trajectory of my life. And so, I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything like that, but I never like to close without providing that kind of an opportunity. So, if you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, and you want him to be your Lord and Savior, would you just raise your hand wherever you are, and I'll pray for you right now. You've never asked him, but you want to ask him to do that today. Man, woman, boy, girl, just lift your hand and uh, you know, wave it a little bit so I can make sure I see it. And we will praise God, praise God. Just, just, yep, yep, you just slip it, slip it up, wave it, okay? And we will include a sinner's prayer in, I know no one in the choir, but I'll look up at that just to, you can't sing like that without knowing Jesus. Okay, let us pray, Lord. We praise your holy name. We thank you for a savior who can save from the guttermost to the uttermost all those who come to him by faith. We thank you for the hands where people are desirous of making you their Lord. And Lord, may they pray this prayer. Jesus, thank you for dying for me on Calvary. I accept your sacrifice and make you my Lord and Savior. And now in benediction, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift the light of his countenance upon you and give you his shalom, his peace. Now and always, in that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening. For more about attending a worship service in the Great Auditorium, 
additional programs offered by the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, and social media links, go to oceangrove.org.